Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from All aboard and welcome Ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show This is a weekly podcast About all things cruising Until it isn't Thanks for joining us Cones Let's get it right into it Won't we? The website is up guys You guys have asked for it Shout out to Chris Decker Big shout out to Chris Because Chris uh, wow, Chris, look at you getting a shot at the, at the top of the show. We um, we talked before about having a website, the advantages, no real disadvantages, but was it worth it? Is it not? We're about to find out. Uh, a, a bunch of months ago, he had mentioned to me that he would be working on it. He'd be glad to work on it. As much as I was appreciative of that, I was like figuring, I know I probably should do your own website, right? I think so. So eventually I came around and... Uh, booted back up with the host agency i used to have a website that was up it just sat there dormant nothing went nothing was on it i mean it was on things were on it but it was really no functionality to it i was a you know travel agent and a podcaster that's it so if you wanted to book a cruise all you got to do is email a call and if you wanted to listen to my podcast all you had to do was go on itunes so there really wasn't uh, much for it but now i'm doing other things there's blogging going on there's videos we have the online store you can get the you could have access to to all the uh, cone wear, the cone gear, if you will, on there as well. And uh, I will make sure that I keep up with it and uh, continue to try to monitor its growth. And there's a lot of other things you could do with the web website from a sales and marketing standpoint that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So uh, Chris, you know, you were definitely an inspiration. Aside from the three or four group cruises, you, uh, you know, was supposed to go on but you you, you decided not to the, you you got me going on the website and uh kudos to you for that and you know let's keep it in perspective here chris i probably would have eventually come around to the website either way at some point but yes you are one of the uh, catalysts in making sure that i at least gave that some thought in addition ladies and gentlemen uh i wanted to welcome any new listeners we might have it, uh, we are we are so appreciative to have you, and uh, you know again what I have heard is that this show is occasionally described as an acquired taste. Many people, even since I say that, and you know a lot of people say, well, you're not an acquired taste. I was into it from day one. Even what as I've been saying that the last couple of weeks, there's been people coming out of the woodwork emailing me saying, you know what, yeah, you are an acquired taste. I almost didn't go through with it i almost turned you off but eventually you kind of get in there and i guess for better or worse maybe we grow on you a little bit but that's about it so on the website like i said you're going to see uh videos you're going to see some blogs i'll blog here and there you'll be able to see that you'll get cruise news as i said before you're able to get uh the the all your shopping done your coneware and uh oh by the way when it is finished and when it is up completely and it's up there now it's just there's some tweaks i still have to do to it there is a search engine for cruises you guys know uh part of what we're trying to do here and part of the revenue we're trying to bring in is through the travel agency and uh there's going to be a feature where you can search for a cruise and the beauty of it is it is not 
just specific by cruise line. You can search in, you could put a budget in there, you could put in where you want to go, where you want to leave from, and you can get all the cruises from all the companies and you could book right there. And guess what? I'll get the credit for it. So, uh, you know, if you don't want to, <laughs> if you want to book a cruise, but you don't want to speak to me, which would be a little disappointing because I really, truly do love when you guys do book through me and uh, we get to have a little conversation about the upcoming cruise and things like that. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there. I'm not sure. I know there's a lot of you out there that don't participate in the wacky hijinks that go on in the uh, Facebook Ultra Lounge. There's a lot of you that just like to listen to the show and just kind of admire it from afar. I do the same thing. I'm not in the mix. I listen to four or five podcasts and there's huge communities around them and I don't necessarily find myself diving into those communities. I kind of just like the show and that's about it. So if you like the show and you want to support me, you can go to alwaysbebooked.com and book a cruise with that search engine and I will get the commission for it and you will be helping me out. But again, yeah, I I would prefer if we kind of had a conversation, you know what I mean? If I could help you out verbally over the phone or by email, any way whatsoever, uh, I would I would love to do it that way, but it's totally up to you. Uh, speaking of just always be booked in general, thanks again to Beatrix, and thank you guys all for the, um, I guess, encouraging words regarding the 100th episode. That was fun, you know what I mean? I guess uh, Beatrix came by, and I think she did a great job. She's always so nervous. I don't understand why she's so nervous, because uh, people just say, and you'll hear Beatrix if you're listening, you'll hear people, people do like you, people do say that you do a great job, and you know, uh, I don't understand what, what the hesitation is. She's just a natural on the air, I think, as well. Um, great week last week in general for Always Be Booked. We had a good amount of cruise bookings. We had a good amount of listenership. People seemed to be interested in the 100th episode. We had a bunch of new members in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. So we're happy that things are growing, and we're happy that the core audience, the core people in the lounge are still making most of the noise and will never you know, get away from that. There's some key members out there. Uh, but uh, as we grow, hopefully there ends up being more key members. Um, the Patreon, I know there was a lot of action in the lounge regarding the Patreon. I won't spend any or a lot of time or any time on this because of the fact that, you know, it was just on the Patreon. Uh, by the way, yeah, Patreon. I have a Patreon account, guys. If you want to support the show and you'd like to get another show a week at least or multiple shows a week and uh you know what maybe you want to hear a little bit of the anti-cruising side some of the hijinks that happen throughout my life i mean i'd still do talk mostly cruising on there but then we'll bring up some other off-topic things that go on and just the day-to-day of what is my life and things that i've seen over the years and done over the years or over last week or whatever (laughs) listen man i love just I'm going to just say this about the Patreon last week. It's very controversial, very um, polarizing as far as people's opinions on if I did the right thing or not. I stand by what I did. I think I did the right thing. I think, uh, you know, I think I stepped aside. I'm not a 25-year-old anymore that has to run around and, you know, do this. and that. But the, the main takeaway that I'll say, while the fact that there was no ultimate, you know, I guess consummation for let's just throw that word out there for it at the end of the night it didn't have that ending with a quote unquote bang that most people you know think should have happened or a lot of people think should have happened let's just say 
it's it's a testament to doing the things because I swear, I promise I was not going anywhere that night. I was going to stay home. I was going to stay in Boca Raton. I was all day planning on possibly going out and doing something crazy and possibly meeting up with, you know, the person that was in question who uh, may or may not have a little, a little fame behind her. But uh, I was going to, but then towards it got around nine o'clock. I was like, yeah, you know, nah, next time it's not, you know, I don't really feel let's not spend the money. Let's not leave the house. And then at about nine 30, I got that wild hair that said, do the things do the things you you're not going to know what kind of life you could have or what you can do or what's out there for you unless you get in that shower and leave the house and in the spirit of that and in the spirit of you guys maybe having some sort of a story to tell i did exactly that and then even when i did get out it didn't look like anything was really going to happen it was going to be uneventful and then boom get home at about 8 30 in the morning and uh yeah there's a little story for the patreon and if you have the patreon you realize why we can't really discuss a lot of that on this platform either way what else am i excited about the cruise visit the ship visit that i'm doing gonna get a uh, hopefully get a decent night's sleep tonight get on the road at about let's say ooh, what do you think probably what do i have to leave i'm in boca raton i gotta get to port canaveral by 10 o'clock so that's what? It's a two hour and 15 minute drive. You got to factor in the rush hour a little bit. I don't think really that. Early. I think I should be able to leave by seven o'clock, no problem, and get there. I should be good. Maybe 630. Between 630 and 715 is when I got to leave. We'll see. Uh, anybody in Florida, let me know. What do you think I got to do here? Is it that much West Palm traffic, Port St. Lucie? It's not going to be that bad, really, especially if I leave at seven. The traffic doesn't really start building up to like eight, 830, you know? Damn South Florida people sleeping in a little bit. No, New York City is a whole different story. You got to get out of that house and uh, on that road by 530 in the morning if you want to have any chance of missing traffic. But uh, so tomorrow I am going to be visiting the Carnival Elation. My second look at me. Look at look at look at the look at Tommy on these fantasy class ships two in a, in a month. Spent my uh, first seven, eight years in my cruising career not going anywhere near a fantasy class ship. And now we got two in a month. So we'll definitely have the camera out for that. We'll do the ship tour on that one. And then we're going to take a little nap in uh, Cocoa Beach. Uh, yeah, just got a hotel, Cocoa Beach. Going to relax. You can bet uh, I'll, I'll definitely step out and, you know, maybe see an establishment or something like that. Maybe look up some of the things to do in Cocoa Beach. I don't know how long you could walk around that damn Ron John shop for without getting bored. But, uh, yeah, we'll do some swiping. We'll open up the old apps and do some swiping, see what happens out there. Got to do the things, right? And then uh, the next day, you wake up and uh, going on the Carnival Liberty. So I'm excited uh, I kind of feel like I know what the Liberty is going to be like. I think there was a good stretch of whether it was that Conquest uh, class and that uh, whether it's Splendor, Conquest, and Pro-Spirit Pro class. I feel like they're f fairly similar ships. I'm not sure, though. We'll figure it out, and we'll see. And I will definitely have a report back for you guys. We'll definitely do a ship tour on that. Speaking of ship tours, the Carnival... Uh, Paradise ship tour video is almost done. Let me ask you guys a question out there. I'm thinking, what should I do? Uh, when I put these ship tours out, the last one I did on Norwegian Sky, I didn't do any narration. 
You know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like, you know, just shut the hell up. People don't want to hear you ramble. They just want to see the ship. Get it done. Get it done. I'm just thinking about what I like to uh, do when I look at ship tours. If I know I'm going on Carnival Valor, uh, I'm going to type in Carnival Valor on YouTube. And I'm not going to want to see all the crap around it. I'm not going to want to sit there and listen to, you know, to you wait. I want to I don't want to. I hate when they start with the alarm in the hotel in the morning and then you get the drive and then you first see the ship and then you got to look at the uh, the sign in line. I, I don't need all that. Just take me to the ship. Show me what it is. But I also do realize that, you know, some people do like the narration, especially if I'm kind of cracking a couple of jokes or, you know, ex- explaining what's in front so you can kind of really get a good feel for what's going on. What should I do? Should I just do music only? with subtitles should i narrate the video or should i release one of each that's what i was planning on doing i was ready to reboot the sky video turn down the volume and put a voiceover on top of that maybe i'll do that why not it can't hurt right it's all about okay well then you know you they gotta pick which one they want to watch which will get your views down on that particular video well so what it'll still two videos so at least if you combine the two videos together i don't know somebody who's smarter than me in youtube let me know if that would affect or hurt my uh chances of getting uh, algorithmic placement if i had split up two videos where half the views might go to one and half the views might go to the other either way pumped up then friday i will be heading back and then back behind the booth for the uh blue martini friday night dj session that is pretty much it all right that's uh i guess enough of the intro right let's get into the cruise news All right, here we go. So P&O, you guys know P&O, the British cruise line, a cruise line that is usually known for their refined demeanor and European formality went from world class to world star the other day when a fairly large brawl broke out on board one of their ships. And that ship was sailing from Bergen, Norway to Southampton, England. Originally, this was thought to have been a result of a guest who was disrespecting the time-honored tradition of formal night by wearing a clown costume. This is great. The latest information has suggested, however, that there was no evidence that someone was wearing a clown costume. Uh, costume at all nothing crown related this coming from detective constable lisa robbins in a statement for usa today Uh, michelle adele confirmed this by saying i can confirm there was no clown uh it's kind of strange how a story like that can get started out of nowhere some people just thinking they're seeing clowns and they're just really not uh, you know what i could have sworn it was a clown but no turns out it was a normal person in regular clothes you know happens all the time right unfortunately three men and three women were assaulted and sustained a number of injuries that included significant bruises and cuts the incident occurred towards the end of the cruise and in the buffet of all places honestly are you kidding me? If uh, <laughs> if a brawl is going to happen on a cruise ship, I would say that the buffet is probably the most likely place, uh, one of the most likely of places for this to happen besides the nightclub, right? Uh, those people who get greedy at the carving station may have caused the problem. All kidding aside, it was reported that things did get pretty out of hand as plates were flying around, silverware was flying around, people were swinging chairs, uh all this stuff being used as weapons initially it was said that a female entertainer on board began telling whoever would listen that a man dressed as a clown went into the restaurant 
And this was not acceptable to a group of about a dozen or so well-dressed passengers. This is absolutely amazing to me. Can you imagine how formal P&O has to be when not only are people wearing formal wear to the buffet, those that aren't are getting blasted off the head with plates and chairs. Are, are you kidding me? No, thank you. Uh, P&O then made a statement saying that no clown was on board, which is also hysterical because how could they know that? There are 3,500 passengers, give or take, on this ship, and you're going to tell us that you know unequivocally that none of them were clowns? I mean, no clowns, right? Nobody's got a red nose hidden under their bed. You know for a fact, 100%, you inspected all those rooms. There was no tricolored Neapolitan wig in a closet somewhere. How are you going to sit there and just tell us that you know for a fact that no clowns were on board this ship? Maybe they were closet clowns. You don't know that. I mean, come on. Let's not be so assumptive here. Either way, clowns or no clowns, as a result of this three-ring melee, <laughs> sorry, couldn't help it, uh, two people were taken into custody by local police and have since been released. And at this time, this remains an ongoing investigation. All right, let's move it over to the fun ship. So in what is pretty much really a non-story, there was some alarm coming from Nassau in the Bahamas the other day as Carnival Victory, which ironically by the Wizards of Carnival somehow was going to be made into a brand new cruise ship soon called the Carnival Radiance, uh, was radiating some thick black smoke from its iconic funnel while firing up the engines before heading back out to sea. Uh, maritime authorities and environmentalists from around the world were about to spring into action as a result of this, but they decided to refrain when one was heard saying, hey, don't worry about it. It's only Nassau. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen at all. But uh, there were many comments ranging from the concerned to the comedic all over social media when they saw this thick black smoke pouring out of the carnival funnel. Apparently, this was just some soot that was burning off uh, as the ship fired up its engines. That with a mix of maybe some, uh, let's just go with it, call it unleaded fuel. Uh you know, when the ship is off for a couple of hours, things start to build up. And in the first maybe couple of minutes, you know, it's got to warm up a little bit. It's not easy. This is a 20-year-old ship we're talking about here. The problem is that it's a sensitive subject because the negative effect cruise ships have on the environment overall just can't be ignored. Uh, the, the, the people who are, you know, let's just say special interest groups and things like that are ready to spring into action. And any time something like this happens because it gives a little bit of weight to their agenda. Uh, then, of course, it peer, appears on webcams all over the world and the topic gets brought to the forefront again. And visu like I said, visually backs up the agenda many of these groups have around the world. And then to take it a step further, Carnival Corporation recently paid $60 million in fines due to its reckless policy and subsequent attempted cover-up when it broke a laundry list of environmental regulations. What would you do? I mean, I don't know. Would you... Again, apparently, this is a non-story. Everybody's saying that there's nothing to it, but whenever cruise ships fire up, it's just a matter of the contrast of what it normally is, right? Of course, you see the little smoke coming out. Usually, it's a... Uh, a lightish gray type of smoke but then i guess one i don't know what happened but apparently in this regard there was a bunch of black smoke there was even people saying that this is an incident this is not good this is a fire and you know what let's just say this if that is gonna happen obviously there was no fire everything was fine it was just no new pope was elected i want i was all pumped about to write a uh, you know carnival pope joke and then i went on the internet to research this a little bit and i realized that seven or eight people had already 
beat me to it. And uh, yeah, comedic low-lying fruit. So I refrained. But I really didn't refrain, right? I just told you about it. So it is what it is. But I guess, you know, that that it happened. But I'll tell you this. What a difference it would make looking at that thick black smoke firing out of the engine uh, that, uh, that it did it at Nassau, right? Versus if it had done that while you were in the middle of the Atlantic or in the middle of the Caribbean. What a difference your geographical location makes. Right, let's talk a little business for a second. An interesting article came out, and I'll give a shout out to Cruise Industry News. They recently uh, were covering the forecasting of which markets will lead the charge over the next several years from a cruising standpoint. It's obviously not a shocker that the North American cruise market is number one unequivocally in the industry. You're dealing with Alaska, you're dealing with the Caribbean, you're dealing with the Mexican Riviera. You combine all that up, even Canada and things like that. You're not touching it. You know what I mean? The Caribbean is the most sailed region where uh, whether or not uh, the thing is, is the Caribbean in North America? Yes. When you're just basically comparing regions and you have to place the Caribbean in a certain area, you're going to say it's North America. The argument against that is if you're sitting there in Aruba or Curacao, are you really in North America? You're basically, you know, in some cases as close as 10 miles away from Venezuela. And you're going to say you're in North America? I guess so. I think I did it once. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back. Maybe you could do it, Cones, if you feel like it. If you're really having a slow day with not a whole lot going on. Find out what continent Aruba is on. I'm pretty sure I looked. And I think it's in South America. Which is interesting because it is considered the North American cruise market. Um, All right. So... What might actually come as a surprise is that based on trend forecasting and current bookings, experts are predicting to give North America that title through 2027. That's eight years away, folks. This is based on data that has been developed from a a pattern that stretches decades. There is no way for the forecasting to be exactly on the money, but barring any situations like uh, whether there's a deployment change or maybe some older ships that are currently in service that might be put out of service, they expect these numbers to be fairly accurate. The North American market is projected to grow from its current capacity right now at 15.6 million cruisers every year, and it's going to shoot up, they think, to 21 million by 2027. Europe currently is around 8 million uh, this year, and they're expected to shoot up to about 12.5 million by 2027. While Australia seems to be pretty consistent, the real wild card in this whole thing is Asia. The industry on Asia was very, very bullish a few years back, and much of the deployment that was expected that uh, that, that they thought was going to end up in Asia has significantly been scaled back. Many experts, however, say that the reports of the Asian market's demise are greatly exaggerated. Just because the industry miscalculated and predicted a meteoric rise to the top of the mountain doesn't mean that projections can't be adjusted, thus allowing Asia to realize a much slower but possibly a very uh, a much more steadier growth over the next decade. Yes, I said steadier. I don't think that's a word, but that's kind of what we do here. But I guess time will tell. Either way, it seems like North America and all its little different regions is going to have a decent foothold in the industry over the course of the next, uh, what is it, eight years? 
All right, so we have some issues here on Allure of the Seas, Royal Caribbean's second addition to its historic Oasis class of megaships. Uh, they're experiencing some propulsion issues. I don't know, was it an Azipod? I learned what an Azipod was a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it is some sort of a pod. They'll be uh, forced to alter over 30 itineraries over the course of the next few months. The 220,000 gross ton ship is going to have to sail at a reduced speed and the effect of this is going to be widespread. This is not making a whole bunch of sense to me because I'm trying to figure out why Royal Caribbean doesn't get ahead of this problem by canceling a cruise or two and then resu- resuming back to its regular schedule. Maybe somebody out there knows they got their ear to the grindstone on this. You could hit me up, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Between disappointed passengers and the ports of call whose economy would greatly benefit from Allure's 6,000 plus passengers, why would there not be more of a sense of urgency to get this repair done? A statement from Royal Caribbean reads as follows. Here we go. Ready? Quote from somebody important. The itinerary modifications were due to a technical limitation on one of the ship's propulsion pods. Up. Oh, Pods. We got pod. I don't, we didn't hear as a pod, but we heard pod, which lowers the maximum speed. As a result of the fl- slower travel, we must modify 30 plus itineraries. Since we had to, to change Allura's itineraries, some ports would now have more ships than originally planned. So to ensure our guests have a wonderful time in each destination with less crowds, we've, arra- we've rearranged the order. Some of our ships will be visiting some of our destinations. Royal Caribbean has not given any info as to whether as to when this will be repaired but they are in line to receive the i'm sorry the quote ended with uh, destinations now uh well, royal caribbean currently has not given any info as to when this will be repaired but they are in line to receive the royal amplified upgrades that many of their older ships have been getting over the past couple of years in march she will be shut down for a 58 day 165 million dollar upgrade with new attractions new venues things like that all throughout the ship and uh it looks like if you're stepping aside and taking it you know it looks like they are just kind of resigned to knocking out this pod issue and fixing the engine at the same time as they're going to do the uh, amplified upgrades which to me i don't know man i i guess not as much of a harm or foul but 30 cruise itineraries are going to be affected. Now, keep in mind, they just kind of explained it a little bit. When you say affected, it just means changed. So if you have, let's say, St. Thomas, Nassau, and Grand Turk as your itinerary, is it going to be that, uh, I guess, inconvenient for you to do Grand Turk, St. Martin, and St. Thomas? Just reversing the order. Now, the only problem with I'd have with that is, like, let's just say I was planning on going St. Thomas and St. Martin, and that was going to be 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and San Juan was going to be 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., because you'll have those. You, you guys have seen that where it's just a real quick, a lot of time they do that at Grand Turk and so Grand Cayman, places like that. I would just not want to, I guess, sacrifice any time in my favorite port and get uh, more time in ports that I'm not fond of, and then you have, therefore, less time in the ports that you are fond of. Hopefully, that's not happening too much, but uh, I would just say get the thing done, right? I get it. You're doing dry dock, and you want to knock it out two burns, one stone, but this is a big thing. It's the biggest cruise ship in the world, or at least by a couple of feet. Maybe it's not, but it's right up there with them. 30 itineraries. Now, that's a lot of work 
you got to do for yourself. I mean, it's a little crazy. No, I don't know. Whatever. I guess they thought it out. Who the hell are you, Tommy? Anyway, here we go. So you guys know about my feelings towards theme cruises, right? When you any chance you get to uh, you get to combine your passion for cruising with another artistic experience that you might be enthusiastic about. I mean, it can make for a really blissful vacation experience. That's the way I look at it. A few years back, Carnival, they released the now-defunct Carnival Live program where you would commission some of the biggest names in music and comedy to board the ship for an hour or so performance while it was important. You know what I mean? They're not cruising with you. They're not sailing with you. They hop off the ship once the performance is over and maybe they pick up another ship the next night or whatever. Some of the names that participated in Carnival Live were Tim McGraw. You had Sam Hunt. I was actually at that one or one of the Sam Hunt performances. You had uh, Journey. Jay Leno did a stand-up routine. Some other stand-up routines were on there too as well. I thought this was an amazing idea, but for some reason, it didn't prove to be economically viable from a long-term standpoint. A few years later, it looks like Norwegian Cruise Line is talking about a similar shot they're going to take with an initiative they're calling free the beat now unlike carnival norwegian is looking to send some of the biggest names in the industry on board to see in efforts to create music during the sailings not necessarily about you know doing their 10 biggest hits they're going to write music while they're on these sailings now they're going to kick this program off with a guy by the name of andy grammar now he's got a smash hit from a couple years back it's called honey i'm good and uh, in this song, I don't know if you know this song, no, no, honey, I'm good. He acknowledges that the female that he's courting at the bar he's currently at has, as he puts it, got that ass. Yet he's going to vow to resist the temptation. He's going to remain strong and he's going to return home to his significant other. Um, Andy put down the drink, uh, took his eye off that ass for a moment and commented about his upcoming partnership with with Norwegian. He says, the place that you're in affects the art that comes out of you. In my career, well, I mean, (laughs) I wonder, that's a perfect example right there. The place that you're in affects the art that comes out of you. He was in that bar talking to that girl, you know, and he's basically saying, you know, maybe, uh, you know, she's got that ass, but maybe I'm good. Maybe I should probably put down the drink and go home. I could have another, another, but I probably should go home. You know what I mean? If you know the song, uh, Honey, I'm Good by Andy Grammer, he will tell you his tale and give a full count of his, I guess, conundrum within himself about, you know, pursuing the courtship with this young lady at the bar or going home to his, the comfort of his significant other. But this is a, a good example of that where he says the place you're in affects the art that comes out of you. And in my career, I've been lucky enough to participate in writing trips around the world and can't think of a cooler place than alaska to feel inspired to create i'm just you guys heard the the satire i just put together it just makes me laugh a little bit because granted i am a little bit of an asshole but it's just funny to hear me kind of it's just funny to hear this guy who's you know literally has a song about staring at a girl's ass at a bar but he's gonna go home to his girl but you know, honey, he's good. He's going to go home. And then he gets all philosophical and emotional about, you know, taking writing trips around the world. And, you know, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? 
it makes me laugh. Andy uh, actually performed on a cruise ship before, most notably on the sixth man-produced Sail Across the Sun, and that's a cruise. Usually they do three or four-day sailings, uh, festivals at sea. That particular one was headed by a group called Train. The first of this series will take place on board the Norwegian Joy on October 31st on a seven-day, uh, seven-night Alaskan voyage departing from Seattle, headed for Ke- Ketchikan. That's my favorite cruise port to say in the world. Ketchikan? All right, maybe not. Maybe Ketchikan is second. My first favorite cruise port to say. Ready? One, two, three. You want to say it together? Sivadavicha. And then it's Ketchikan right behind it. But it's also going to Juneau, Icy Strait, uh, Icy Strait Point and Victoria. This sound, it, I mean, all kidding aside, I'm, I'm being, I'm giving Andy a hard time here, but this does sound like a really fun program, and I hope it has the legs to continue long term. I am uh, looking forward to hearing what other acts they are going to add to this program. Again, it's called Free the Beat, and just like Carnival owns, it can, it's official. Carnival, uh, each cruise line owns a word. They you can't use the word. I mean, I'm going to use it. You guys won't tell them. They, I'm going to say them right now. Uh, each cruise line has a three-letter word that they own. All right, I made a mistake. Norwegians is four letter. I do think they had to pay a little bit extra for the fourth letter. But uh, Carnival owns fun. Norwegian owns free. And Royal Caribbean owns wow. All right. I don't know how that went over. A little shot of humor, but I think I might have gotten a little ahead of myself. And uh, listen, it happens, guys. Real radio here. Real podcasting. Let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. So the main topic for today's show, by the way, I do want to step in and just uh, mention the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. We have a lot of fun on there. I know a lot of people on this show follow, uh, who listen to the show are on Instagram and things like that, and they still haven't joined the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook for whatever reason. They don't want the daily distraction or you know they don't have a Facebook account. You know what? It's fine. Just join the lounge. We're not going to bother you too much. We have a little bit of fun. There's a couple of key crazy characters in there that are always kind of up to some crazy hijinks. And, you know, it's just a good time. It's it's one of the things I'm most proud about, about what we've created here. I love doing the podcast most of all. That's probably everything I'd have to say. The, the foundation of it is the podcast. I will give you that. But I really do like the community that was created through the Always Be Both Cruisers Ultra Lounge because you just have people kind of communicating with each other, meeting up for coffee in different cities, uh, cruising together, who otherwise would just never have met each other. Or really what most people use it for is to just have some mindless entertainment during the day, get some cruise information. We kind of crack jokes on each other a lot. We all, you know, we got Doug Parker in the mix who's trolling out on me all the time, and that's fine. We're just having fun there, so check that out. Also, we mentioned Instagram. Always Be Booked does have an Instagram page. We put mostly pictures on there, uh, memes, things like that, and just, again, an extension of the community as well. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We love getting your uh, reviews, your information, your comments, your questions, anything cruising related. Hit me up via email, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And then uh, if you don't mind, we have the iTunes if you want to subscribe, rate, review, things like that. And then YouTube as well. YouTube has been a big push. Guys, let's take a minute for YouTube for one second. Uh, they, I don't know. I think it was like a year or so, a couple of years ago, maybe. I don't know when. I'm making up 
times here. But YouTube does not allow you to make money unless you have 1,000 subscribers and over 4,000 hours watched. The 4,000 hours watched is not a problem. We're about to break that any day now. But we're a good couple of hundred away from those 1,000 subscribers. So it would be a huge help to me if you... Uh, you know, wouldn't mind subscribing to the YouTube channel. And in general, in all things always be booked, if the best way you could possibly help out the show is by, I guess, sharing it with a friend, a friend who likes cruising, a friend who likes podcasts, a friend who likes travel in general, share always be booked. I never, you know, I, I do do it sometimes on my own, but if you're in a cruise group, and you have somebody that you see, you know, it's not about spamming. If you're in a cruise group, and many of you are in three or four or five, six cruise groups on Facebook, there's a lot of questions that come up. And very often, it's a topic that we have covered in the Always Be Booked podcast or with a YouTube video or things like that. Anything you could do to share our content here, again, yes, you could say it's uh, spammy slash uh, self um, in, in, in the interest of myself, but at the same time, The reality is we're here to create value. We are trying to create value, and it is value to anybody that you share it to, in my opinion, at least anyway. All right, anyway, the main topic of the show for this week is going to be, it's a little specific to me, I guess, and I wanted to basically, so my first cruise was in September of 2011. I went on my first cruise with not a whole lot of expectations, but definitely a whole lot of anticipation. And then I took cruises after that, and now here we are in 2019, halfway through that, and I wanted to basically reflect on a lot of the changes that I've seen in the industry. Now, veterans who have been around longer than me probably would agree that right around that 2010 area is when a lot of this stuff started changing over. The industry did change. It became from a more specialized standpoint to more of a mass market standpoint. I think that's the case just by the research I've done, people I've spoken to, and some of these following changes that while I've been cruising in just the brief time, whatever it is, 11, 12, 34, 15, eight years, seven years, I have seen these changes in my eyes, and I would like to know what you think about the changes that have gone on in cruising. Do you agree with what mine are? Do you disagree with what mine are? Or do you have others that I neglected that you think are major changes to the industry during that time? And that is uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Hit me up, let me know, and let's go. All right, so first and foremost, these are going to range from macro to micro. Some of them are going to be like right targeted and very, very specific. Some of them are going to be a very, very general. The first and one I'm going to say is the cabin stewards. Now, they all do a great job. These people work their ass off. They do a phenomenal job. And, you know, some of the most hardworking people on the ship. I mean, you got to clean my room twice a day. That's out of control. But they do it. That's what they sign up for. That's what they paid for. So good for them. One thing I will say is that I think when I first started cruising, the first at least five or so cruises, Everybody on the ship, I go. I continue to go back to what Sherry from Cruise Tips TV says, and I agree with her a hundred percent when she says it's like a thirty-three. It's like it's like a tale of three thirds. A third of the people on the ship are going to be miserable. A third of the ship are going to be solid and do their job, and a third of the people on the ship are going to blow you away with good service. Now, 
for me, the cabin stewards were always in that last group. The cabin steward were always that last line of people who, you know, whether they were working for those tips or not, or whether that was just the way they were trained or whether that was that that department just inherently always had the nicest, friendliest, most attentive people. Now, most of the time, I think that hasn't changed. But over the last, I guess, couple of years of sailings, I've seen a little bit of a drop from that last category to the middle category where they do do the right thing. I've never really had a room steward where, honestly, on this last one, he was not the most attentive. I'll say that. But for the most part, they were good. On this last one I had, I'm not going to say his name or whatever. I I do know his name. I I know his nickname, but I'm not going to say it because he was a nice guy. Very, very nice. But, you know, we had one incident where he was just like, uh, it was kind of funny and I didn't mind it. I liked that it. it was kind of humid. It was kind of cool because he told me, uh, you know, I get off my hours off from, uh, 9am or whatever till noon during the day. And, uh, you know, so that's it. So I told I told him, okay, that sounds good. So I definitely was gone for a good two hours in the morning. Let's just call it from like 930 to 1130. I went to the gym. I took a steam. I went to the pool, got something to eat, went back, nothing. Nothing was done. The bed was still a mess, towels on the floor, everything like that. I'm like, oh, you didn't make it. I mean, first world problems, right? I am going to live through this. All right, so big deal. I'm not going to get service during the day. Everything's going to be fine. I have enough towels, no problem. So I go out, do my thing, whatever, going around. And then I see him later that evening. And I was like, ah, you know, didn't come around this morning, huh? He goes, yes, yes, Mr. Thomas, I couldn't make it. (laughs) And I, I was part of me was like what do you mean you couldn't make it but then the other part of me was like who cares it didn't really make that much of a difference i didn't get my bed made for me for one morning of the cruise so i got through it and he's just the the comedy of him looking at me yeah i couldn't make it (laughs) that made me laugh so it didn't happen but that's not what i'm talking about he was still very very nice in general the room stewards i think you know people ask me how do you get the best service yeah you got a tip at that front end you got to give that 20 kind of can do it but really if you want to make sure that you're not wanting for anything you got to make sure you throw in that 50 now you don't have to do if you do a 20 and then they crush it you could do another 20 at the end if you give them the 50 they got to know i guess you got a 50 i can't really complain if that's that's it so but if you give them the 50 nine times out of 10 you're gonna get taken care of because again let's 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 be honest all of them have been doing this for a while and all of them have been trained the right way and like we talked about before you know that the room steward was that last line of defense of non-negotiable friendliness so at one point they did do that so they have it in them so if you give them that 50 that's the best way you possibly the best way possible for you to know that you're going to get that great service but as far as like in summation cruising in general i always knew that that was one guarantee that you can get on the ship and know that your room steward was going to be your best friend. He was going to know your name. I don't know how they know all those freaking names. They must have them written somewhere. I want to know the trick. They put them in. They might have to put them in some military camp of name learning to be able to know all the names every single time. But they do it. And, uh, you know, a little bit lately, I'll just say it's slipping a little bit. They're not bad. They're not rude. It's I'm not complaining about it. All I'm saying is that they are not as over-the-top friendly as they used to be. Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Have you noticed that at all? I'd love to hear back from you. 
All right, the next one I'm going to go into is just that there's more ways to separate you from your money. In general, I know when I went on my first couple of cruises, yes, there was specialty dining. Yes, there were upgrades that you could do. Uh, yes, there were you know little bells and whistles that would get you to, I guess, kick in a little bit more. But now, it seems like the cruise experience right now, as we used to know it as far as getting on the ship, and it's almost all-inclusive besides the booze, and we'll get to that in a second, it's you going in your pocket, whether it's coffee, whether it's an attraction that they quote unquote, we're just doing this to mitigate the lines. You know what I mean? We don't want the, we don't want your money. We'd love to not charge you for this, but just for the, for the, for the, for the purpose of just mitigating the lines, we have to charge $5 for this or $8 for that or $6 for that. You have what? You have different ship within a ship features like the Haven, like the Baja Beach Club, whatever the hell it is uh, on Norwegian. You have uh, tons of opportunities to where, you know what? Yeah, it's, you can just get on the ship and enjoy yourself, but just for a couple of dollars more, look at what's available to you and then those things add up now this is the way you got to look at that and i've said this before is that you don't have to spend on those things you can go and you know cruise ships used to be very very basic cruise ships have added a ton of bells and whistles and you know gone over the top but now you are able to continue to cruise like you did but then you're watching all this stuff go by and you feel weird. You know, I should have uh, I should have tried that, you know, ride or attraction. or I should have spent money on that, you know, dry aged, you know, prime steak or whatever it is. There's just ways. It's almost like, yeah, you can say you still have the ability because that would be my counter. You don't have to spend on it. But then you're looking around. It's in your face and you, the, the FOMO is going to kick in. Guys, no FOMO, right? FOMO, fear of missing out. I think uh, most people are into that, you know. Took a little while for YOLO to catch, and then YOLO caught, and then YOLO ran its course. Now we're going FOMO. But I just think that cruise lines have just done more, whether it's through just attractions, food, uh, you know, room service, things like that, that, that you can spend more money, and they're trying to build that you know that uh that, that check that that sign and sale card bill at the end of the, you know we were talking about it when i was on with doug we were talking about why carnival is going to pre-charge you you know what now you can pre-charge to eat in your seat in the you can get specialty dining packages and you could pick your seat where you want to sit the only catch is you have to pay when you book it genius idea because now that's different ways that they can get you to spend money once you are on the ship because you won't have that factored into your budget anymore that's out the money that's out the window that's money that's already been spent now let's get you on this roller coaster let's get you on this sushi let's get you on this uh i don't know whatever else they got going on whatever else they're going to charge you for on these you know delicious cafe drinks this and that all right so moving on uh, in general, it's to, to encapsule that, that is just in general, whether it's the haven, whether it's accommodations, whether it's attractions, whether it's culinary, they have different ways to separate you from your money now. All right, let's go with drink packages. This is probably the big one. There was no such thing. That happened quick. That was uh, for my first probably, I'm trying to figure out when the first drink package was. It wasn't on the Miracle, either one of the Miracles. It wasn't the first one with Nick. I think it might have been. Uh, 
It wasn't even with Snow. It wasn't even with Sony and Joe Lover on the on the um, 2000. I think it was. I think the first one was 2015 that I got. I'm not sure anybody Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com when the first drink package came out, but for the first couple of years of me cruising, there was no such thing as a drink package. And boy, oh boy, for a guy like me, I don't know, man. The the drink package, I have to get it. Like it's it totally makes sense for me to get it. I wonder where they make the money. There's probably some people who go back and forth and battle it, you know, whether or not, you know, they, the cruise line would have made money or whether they would be in the red. But in general, uh, if they ever did away with the drink package, my cruise budget would go up significantly. It would go up by a lot. I would have to be putting a lot more money into cruising than I do right now. I guess, you know, for that reason, you know, the thing is this, though. I get worried sometimes because, like we just talked about, this uh, World Star event, this fight that happened on P&O, is this the reason? This is the first thing you saw is like people blaming the drink package. And sometimes I wonder, is that the cruise line uh, leaking that? You know, people wondering all of a sudden, you know, like op-eds based on, uh, not op-eds, uh, just editorials um, based on whether or not they think the drink package was the cause of this brawl. And what that's going to lead to is the drink package eventually, hopefully not, but possibly ha- going away. And I'm wondering, the conspiracy theorist in me, which I'm not typically a real conspiracy theorist, but like, are the cruise lines realizing that they're not making as much money as they can? Did they do the research? Did they do the studies? And know that we're going to cruise either way, because I can tell you that. I'm going to cruise either way. I probably will. Here's he, Okay. Here's what I will do, though. I probably would be more apt to sneak booze on board if there was not a drink package. Now that there's a drink package, I I, I really don't sneak booze on board. Booze on board, but um, I'm just wondering if the cruise lines think that they'll make money without the drink package, make more money without the drink package, and do they do that? Uh, you know, put those little stories out there to maybe see if they can uh, not have to do that and get that full price drink from everybody. Who knows? I guess. Another thing that is definitely different from when I first started cruising, and you can call this the internet package, you can call it whatever, I guess that probably is the main portion of it, but it is just in general the shutdown, whether it's computers, your phone, or whatever. When you used to get on a cruise ship, when I first started, it was that was one of the things I loved most about it because, you know, I had a crazy job that would always be, you know, to 10 texts an hour, two phone calls an hour, always something was going wrong. It was, you know, this is falling apart. It was a giant New York City country bar with a mechanical bull. I mean, I got the call one time when we were out to see what's due. Tommy, I know you're at sea and I'm roaming now because I'm taking the call. I see it's from work, so I'm nervous that it's something uh important so i figure i have to answer it and it was it was the hostess believe this believe this or not this is the call i get while i'm at sea tommy it's so and so at the hostess stand yeah we have an issue i'm like what's the issue somebody's riding the bull and their thumb fell off i'm like what are you talking about what are you t- I, I, I'm, I'm literally staring at the horizon and the sunset and somebody's telling me on the phone that somebody's thumb fell off from riding the bull Lo and behold, you get back and you find out, yes, there was a lawsuit filed based on the fact that the guy was riding and he was hanging on for dear life and the strap was tight and the 
and they kicked it up a notch. He was apparently a very good bull rider, and he was using his bare hands, and uh, his thumb didn't fall off, but like the very, very tip of his index finger did come off, and they actually had to recover the piece of the index finger. It was all skin, clearly. It wasn't chopped off like at the bone or anything, but it was a salvageable piece of skin, and that was what how it was described in the in the lawsuit. A portion of his finger was lost while riding the bull. And uh, getting back to what we're talking about here, I just remember that I always used to take a picture because that was a, a significant moment for me when my foot stepped on that cruise ship. In general, you were shut down. You know what I mean? You're on vacation. No matter what your job is, no matter what it is, if you're on that cruise ship, you were in the middle of a body of water with no connection to the internet, and you shut down. I'm sorry. The world is going to have to find a way to spin on its own axis for the next seven days. Problem over here. Problem over there. This issue. That issue. Guess what? You're going to have to figure it out. And you know what? I got the confidence in you. I think you'll find a solution. It's amazing things happen when humans are forced into certain situations and they have to rectify the fact that Mr. Johnson's ribs are overdone or they have to rectify when someone falls down the stairs or there's a slip and fall or, you know, the police come in and they want to see all our documentation. All those things are just things that happen, especially when you're a little bit on the wild side of a nightclub. You're going to get those things to happen. If our health department comes in, that was one of them. That was a big one. I remember me and Stu were going... Uh, on a cruise we were it was the memorial day my second ever cruise ever we got a health department visit this this cruise was scheduled may 1st uh we got a health department visit uh, at the end of i think march and what they did was they come in clearly it's uh how it works is that they're going to give you a letter grade you know know, whether you do great on the first one who knows but you always get a follow-up visit two weeks later or so around two weeks later to be able to make the corrections that they want that's a little bit of a i guess that's not music to everybody's ears is that you could potentially get a c and then if you fix everything up uh you get you can get it up to an a and then you won't have to deal with them for another six months and then you could do that process all over again so that's what we were on though we got a b we wanted the a so we got a b and it was very very important for us to get that up to an a and we had two weeks so they said in about two weeks we'll come back and this was like the end of march so now we're in april two weeks go by half of april's gone third week in april's gone and we're we're freaking out because me and Stu were running the place we worked it out with the boss me and Stu had become good friends and we said listen this is memorial day weekend new york city usually ends up being a ghost town me and Stu are gonna go on a cruise, if it's okay, is there a chance that we can get so-and-so, to, shout out to JR, to run the place, and then we'll put other other people, key people in important spots, and they could help us out, and we'll be able to go on this cruise. We got the approval somehow. I don't mean, that shouldn't have happened probably, but we got that approval. But the only problem is, is that there was another health department visit coming, and they absolutely wanted to be back for that. But we were. So, I mean, we were were there for that. So, we were nervous that we were going to miss the health department visit. Sure enough, a few days before the cruise, the health department did come. We got the A. We high-fived. It was like a seminal moment of like, yes, now we're officially meant to go on this cruise and have a blast. But if they didn't come, 
I was going to be at sea. And you know what? The manager on duty was going to have to deal with the health department. I'm just saying, you always, it used to be you disconnect. You say to your, your dad, you say to your best friend that's not there, your girl, the girl that you might be dating, you know what? We're not going to be talking for a, for a week. It's over. We're not going to be we're not going to be connected for a week. I'll talk to you next week. This is it. This is how the world is now in general. Nobody goes away. Everybody in your life is around. There's no such thing as a teary goodbye anymore. There's no such thing as a speaking of a teary goodbye. I saw the funniest one. This is a tangent. People don't like the tangents. You may want to hit that 30 second ahead button right now. I was laughing my ass off when I was going back to New York and I was in Penn Station and I always wanted to wiggle this into the podcast somehow. It may not translate, but I'm going to take a shot at it anyway. I'm waiting for the train to go back down to Florida. I'm in Penn Station. Penn Station is being Penn Station. Crowded as hell. And you always see people running around trying to run, catch trains and say goodbye, this and that. These two guys were, they kind of look like skatery. Maybe late 20s, early 30s, longish hair. One had blonde hair, you know, whatever, you know, just looked like skate, dressed like skaters, with the jeans and the vans and this and that. And the other guy was a little shorter, brown hair with glasses on. And they're just saying goodbye to each other. So they're like, it was just the weirdest. It was like a matter of just two guys who really were very close to each other, but in a way, not close to each other. What I, what I mean by that is that they were in an, an elongated goodbye, and they were just continuously saying goodbye. Dude, so good hanging out. Such a great time, man. No, for real. I'm I'm going to miss you, man. Oh, be well. This was going on for probably like five minutes because I'm just waiting to see. This was at the exact time I'm waiting to see them post the track. About 20 minutes or 15 minutes before you actually leave, they'll post what track you're on. Now, if you're an Amtrak expert, you want to get that right seat. So you're literally lined up like Ricky Henderson, based on the people who know who that is, who are, you know, in my age demographic and who like baseball. You have like one foot ready to go. You know where all the tracks are. You know where you go. You know where you're ready to dash to because you want to be first in line. So I'm staring up at that thing, ready for it to just put that display, that number so I can run to the proper track. But I'm in the midst of that. These guys are just saying goodbye to each other. They're putting their hand on his shoulder. The other guy's putting his hand on the other guy's waist. They, they're like, they give it, they're giving like a, a, a mini bro hug, but then they're saying it again. They're like, how long are these guys going to say goodbye to each other for? And B, how is this thing going to end? I, I, I'm i like invested now. I'm like watching how this goodbye is going to end between these two guys. It didn't look like they, you know, it was a gay thing. They were definitely, uh, I guess, heterosexuals because they weren't, or at least they were not gay with each other. They were, you know, just continuously exchanging like goodbye salutations. And how it ended if you've ever seen Step Brothers, that awkward, weird hug, that's the closest thing I could compare it to because they just simultaneously broke into a left hand around each other's waists, a forehead to forehead, head down, uh, I guess, bond. Both their foreheads touched. And then I'm like, oh, here it is. This is the ending. They're going to say goodbye. And then out of nowhere, both right hands shot up to the sky and embraced in an interlocking fashion. Not finger to finger, but palm to palm. And like how you would do like a bro shake, like with the thumb, interlock the thumb, but not the rest of the fingers. So like basically 
two skater Statue of Liberties gave each other like this weird ass awkward goodbye and then one was off into the distance and then that was it that was how that ended but uh all right so that was a tangent but we're just talking about shutting down a cruise ship saying goodbye to people uh being in a situation where okay uh, you know let me know if you need anything if you got to tell me anything say it now if you need anything if you need anything done let me know now that's over like all you got to do is get the minimal plan and you're texting all cruise long that's definitely different that wasn't the way it was when i first started cruising all right so i'm gonna borrow royal caribbean i'm gonna borrow your word if you don't mind for a second and i'm gonna say another way that cruising has changed over the course of the length of time i've been cruising is the wow factor wow everything has gotten crazy of course there's new ships. New ships have been going on since the 70s and then to the 80s. I'm sure the people from the 80s, I'm sure the people from the 70s couldn't believe what was being built in the 80s. The people from the 90s couldn't believe what was built in the 2000s. But then once the oasis of the seas hit, it seemed like it was a whole new day. And now it's almost like, uh, you know, the Cold War, the arms race, in that people are just in a room thinking out what can we put on a freaking cruise ship. It started with just the split deck thing. Uh, now there's, let's just, what are some of the things? I mean, just ultra technological theaters, forests, greenhouses. You have uh, the skydiving. You have giant pods that shoot up into the sky and scale over each side of the ship ship you have race tracks on cruise ships you have uh you know bumper cars you have ice skating rinks it just seems like things started to get really crazy and now i feel like that'll bubble over because you're hearing a lot of the voices of the people who just like it to be simplified you know people keep bringing this up a new build that doesn't go all out a new build that doesn't have something that's out of control borderline offensively elaborate and right now i think you're going to see one of them a mid-size let's say 2000 capacity ship uh 2500 maybe of a really a really nice ship with a lot to do on it but it's scaled back in terms of the wow factor i mean the wow factor is something that has completely gone to another level since the short time that i have been cruising and i just had to put that in as a detail what are some of the things that you've seen on cruise ships that have been over the top that have been added in let's just say the last eight to nine years another thing moving on the way cruising has changed in another way since i started was that it has absolutely become significantly less formal uh it was definitely a thing where you i remember we used to sweat sweat it out like we used to say okay make sure you pack the two dresses make sure you pack the two suits or at least the uh the, the jackets with the ties you had to be ready for that formal night as much of a pain in the ass as it was it was almost like a rite of passage you know what nobody likes to lug all this stuff on nobody likes to make sure you know you're folding up this stuff in your garment nobody i'd rather bring just the one back the one back uh suitcase and not have to worry about the garment bag and it was like but you had to do it you had to bring that other piece because you had to wow them for dinner you really you know were they really gonna throw you out of the dining room if you didn't have the jacket on maybe maybe not but you sure as hell would get looks from other passengers and you would absolutely be judged now and that was almost most of the nights you could in the dining room you at least had to have like pants on 
you had to have uh you know a button down i've on my last cruise on the navigator i was in there with with uh shorts on i didn't i thought i was out of line i everybody we just happened to be walking by the dining room and they told me no you're fine i'm like no i'm not going in there like this and they're like no you're fine don't worry about it the people at the door the the hostesses were telling me sit down no problem and then i looked around other people wearing hawaiian shirts some wearing t-shirts people just didn't seem to be worried about it. And they know that we're talking about this on a day where we're also talking about a P&O cruise where, yes, they do uphold that thing. And uh, listen to Doug's uh, show. Uh, there was a, who was it? Sharon. Shout out to Sharon on the uh, podcast. And she reviewed Queen Mary. And you could tell by just listening to her on, on uh, the last episode of Cruise Radio that she was a little taken aback by, you know what? It's about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. If you're not dressed the right way, no, you're going to get looks. And whether it's illegal or not, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the person, you know, we're not going to throw you out. But then meanwhile, 50 other people in the room are looking at you sideways because you didn't have the respect to, you know, I guess, uh, to, to take part in the tradition. I have no problem with that. I have no problem that P&O does that. I have no problem that Queen Mary does that. I'm, uh, yeah, Queen Mary too. I'm just saying that's not necessarily for me. But just in general, the topic of this portion of this segment is the fact that cruise ship, uh, I guess, dress codes have absolutely gotten way less formal and uh, a lot more mainstream, and I guess that's only natural to happen because it just, uh, I guess, a microcosm of the direction of the industry, right? Because cruising used to be a very, very specialized thing. It is 100% more mass market now. When you open it up to more mass market people, you're going to have idiots that don't, I'm not calling them idiots, I shouldn't say idiots, just people who are just less respectful of what cruising is, hardcore cruising is, and you know what? The market is going to speak to that. Are we going to resist and just kind of throw it back at them? No. They want the money. The cruise lines want the money. So they're going to succumb to these things. It started with freestyle cruising in general. Norwegian started it and it said, listen, you come and go as you please. You wear what you want. Huge risk from Norwegian. Huge risk taken by Norwegian by doing that. But it revolutionized the game. And for better or worse, whatever you think your opinion is on it, it is 100% true. Cruising, dinner, uh, evening type things, formal wear is big. Even on formal night, it used to be you wear a collar and pants to dinner most nights if, if in the dining room. But then on the formal night, you wear the tux or you wear the suit with the tie. That's where you're going to the, the, the next level. But now it's like you wear what you want all week. And then, oh, it's formal night. Oh, I better put the, put on a button up. I didn't show up to the last one of the paradise. I didn't show up to formal night. I'm not. A, I don't want that smoke. I don't feel like dressing up. I wanted to be the simple cruise. I didn't want to necessarily pack garment bags and this and that. They all told me the next day. Well, you wouldn't have been a problem. You could have came in wearing exactly what you're wearing right now. A little top, a little um, a button down, and some decent, you know, neat looking shorts. You would have been absolutely fine. I didn't do it, but yes, it is definitely less formal, and that's 100% one of the other reasons a ways cruising has changed since I started. Uh, another one, little, very specific one, not a big thing, but TVs in the staterooms. You know, that's just nowadays, it's almost like a microcosm of bars. You know what I mean? You used to be able to go into a bar, and as long as you can catch your game and look up at the score every once in a while, you were good. Now, it's like how many TVs you got, you got to, and how... What what resolution are they? Are they HD? People 
are not going to put up with average TVs anymore. I totally remember watching movies on a freaking 16-inch TV or whatever it was, 20-inch maybe. From the bed, it looks like a 12-inch. But you're just, you know, just watching small TVs. Me and Sony, when I got that food poisoning episode in Dominican Republic, she's like, all right, well, let's make it a movie night. So we just sat there and we watched Trouble with the Curve. I got into it. I was still watching it, but I couldn't help it. Every once in a while, look at how small this TV is. And that was on the Carnival Miracle. Now I'm on the Carnival Paradise, which is a fantasy class ship built in the 90s. And it's got a 40 inch or, or at least a 35, 38 inch, whatever it was. I didn't measure with my tools, but it. It still had a very, very nice flat screen TV. In cruise ships in general, I guess, I don't know if it's just society in general, people want their TV. People want their nice TVs. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. You ever go on a cruise ship lately? You guys know, especially if you've been cruising for a while. Have you gone on a cruise ship where there's an average to small TV? No, they are all legitimate uh, larger scale flat TVs going forward. That's just become standard. All right, um, and the last one I do have, I think this is the last one. Yes, the last one I do have is just more name brand land-based partnerships. Now, this I, I think Carnival is the smartest when it comes to this because what these cruise lines don't realize, and Norwegian is particularly dropping the ball because let's just talk burgers. Carnival has Guy's Burger. Everybody knows who Guy Fieri is. And uh, Norwegian, I'm sorry, Royal Caribbean has Johnny Rockets. Now, let me ask you this. Carnival also has as a name brand that you go on a Carnival cruise ship for Blue Iguana Cantina, right? Of course. Yes, absolutely. You want to get on that ship and you want to get a complimentary, whether it's a breakfast burrito, whether it's tacos for lunch or sea day burrito, whatever it is, you want that Cafe Iguana. Who the hell is Cafe Iguana Cantina? Can you drive there? Can you go through a drive-thru? No. Carnival made it up. There's no big shack chicken on land, is there? Unless I'm mistaken. There's no uh, pizza pirate. Carnival, all they did in this world, here's a hint, guys. In general, business, whatsoever, things are good. People are important. Uh, Things in general are significant. Most of the time, yeah, a lot of times because the quality, you got to be at a certain level of quality. But most of the time, simply because people say they are. If Carnival decides that Red Frog, uh, you know, brewery or Guy Fieri's, you know, smokehouse and brewery is the best beer at sea and they name it accordingly and they market it effectively, it's going to be that. Why is Norwegian not coming up with something called the free burger or like, you know, create a character, attach the burger to it, and then just get a recipe from Shake Shack or Guy's Burger or Five Guys or something and just make it so that here's the launch of our newest and most delicious quarter pound best. We got the best burger at sea. Guy who? Johnny who? And just do that. No, they're going to still trot those same flame-grilled, not-melted cheeseburgers out there at the buffet that they always do. This, this doesn't cost you anything. It's just you're creating it. Guy Carnival did not have to pay anybody any rights to come up with Blue Iguana Cantina and the best burrito at sea. Just do it. What are some of the other ones at sea? Uh, Royal Caribbean did a good job, although they now defuncted it, with um, Sabor. Sabor was a, a good 
delicious modern style Mexican restaurant. Now they went the whole country. You know, we talk about it all the time. It's a copycat league. And, and they copied Carnival and said, you know what? Uh, Sabor is good. It's popular. People like it. But, you know, we'll have, probably have better luck just throwing a taco joint up at the Lido deck. And that's what they did. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But I do know Sabor was a self-created brand name by Royal Caribbean that be, that caught some traction. That was popular, right? They didn't have to pay anybody for the name Sabor, did they? What are some of the other ones? I'm trying to think. I don't know. The seafood shack you got, but you have, do have to pay for that. But I'm saying um, there are a lot of land-based partnerships now. The problem I have with the land-based partnerships on these cruise ships is that a lot of times they don't sign the contract long enough. A uh, girl I dated for a while uh, back in what, 2000. 13 or whatever 2012 this girl literally i mean literally this was a flesh in the pan i was like i I hadn't dated anybody in a while and this is kind of like maybe the last the last stand for me as far as the possibility of maybe having a uh real girlfriend and living a normal life like normal humans because this girl was really pretty and uh she she was like a unicorn for me a very very pretty girl way out of my league uh from a pretty from from how good looking she was and she was an italian girl from new jersey obsessed with country music where where do you find that That that's that's when we started hanging out and then she was also for whatever reason obsessed with me i looked at that as like that was divine that was like okay I hadn't dated anybody in a while, and I felt like God was just telling me, uh, you know, you ready? You want you want this or not? Because this, I don't know what else to tell you. Here, here it is. We went to a bunch of events. We went to, we really had a good time together. But you know, that's a whole separate show as to why you know I couldn't let her in fully. But the the Eric Church song we had that church uh, that was the song uh, "Guys Like Me," "Guys Like Me" by Eric Church. That was like that was the song that uh, made me. Uh, kind of think of think of her as we go down memory lane but say that to say this she was her job was the personal assistant to the cake boss and uh you know the cake boss right what's his name um i don't know his name do i i used to know his name when she was doing it because she just he was on call all the time you know that was kind of annoying though that was the only annoying part of it but she in every other way she was great but he she would have to go and you know basically book him things or do things for him at call at any time and um she basically said you want to go on a norwegian cruise and that was the beginning of the end because i said no because it was a free cruise she said no i said no me and her but then maybe a month later i booked the cruise that i paid for on a similar ship with i think nick or somebody else but uh she was uh working for the guy who or the baker the bake the um bakery was carlo's Right, Carlos. His name was. Oh, you guys know it. A lot of you know it, but because you watch the show. But either way, that's gone now. So they, um, Carlos Bake Shop, the Cake Boss. That was a partnership, but then it's gone. EA Sports with Carnival. You'd go into a Carnival ship. Where's the EA Sports bar that lasted a month and a half? I'm sure more than that, but then it was gone. Uh, Punchliner Comedy Club with uh, George Lopez. I felt a certain way about, you know, how the level of comedy was better when he was there, whether it's true or not, it's my imagination or not, you know, then he's gone. Uh, all these, uh, Royal Caribbean, their partnership with, um, you know, the DreamWorks characters, then it's gone. 
All I would say about these land-based partnerships, there's so much more of them now, and that's where they're kind of coming out of nowhere, and they seem to be gaining steam. The only thing I'll say is sign a long-term deal. Sign a more long-term deal. I think it's weird. I think it's a bad look when they kind of come and go. Oh, we have this because then it seems like it's like a PR thing. Uh, Carnival is no longer uh, in a partnership with George Lopez, yet we're bringing this out. Or or SpongeBob is now no longer associated with um, Norwegian. And then now we have to kind of, but instead we're going to roll this out. It just continues. The less changes you have to make with the land-based partnerships, the more the less explaining you have to do, the less PR stuff you have to do. And we know it's a smart society nowadays. We know when you're trying to sell us something. You know what I mean? We know that, okay, last week, SpongeBob was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, screw SpongeBob. He was uh, he got me tooed in Philadelphia in 1986 anyway, and it was about to be a scandal on him. So we're not going to deal with him anymore. So uh, I just think it's weird. I think the land-based partnerships... I would like to see them just be signed for more long-term deals and be uh, less, I guess, fluid. Just have them be a little bit more solid and uh, stick around for a while. All right, that's it. That's pretty much it. Like I said, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have any uh, other suggestions as to, let's just call it 10 years, what are the other changes that have gone on in the industry over the course of the last 10 years? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We are going to get into your emails right after this message. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show, and we appreciate them each and every week. To contribute to the show, please email Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, corrections, anything that will help us out, just a contribution overall to the show, we would love to have it. Once again, that is Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, let's start it. Here we go. Hey, Tommy, what's up? Keep killing the pod game. Some funny and, of course, informative stuff. I also enjoy being a part of the Facebook group when I have time. Some great stuff in there, too. I've been cruising for 18 years and have been loyal to Royal with the exception of two cruises with NCL. Life has gotten crazy, and I haven't been able to keep up with my all royal news so i'm gonna look for you look for you to help with some research 
All right, put me to work. I am very interested in taking a cruise with the new lime and coconut bar. Definitely wanting to experience that sometime. Do you know which royal ships currently have the bar or which have will have by January-ish? I'm also a f- huge fan of Boleros. Their fresh strawberry coconut mojitos are like crack. Well, if they are like crack, I'd recommend maybe staying away from <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm kidding. Which ships can we find Boleros on? The only ship I have been on so far with it is is a lore thanks for your help ash ash i'm going to ask the community i'm going to say a couple of things here first of all the lime and coconut bar was awesome and i'm surprised to hear that they're going to stop doing it except for on navigator of the seas now i think they should and i think they will add a variation of it to the other bar uh ships that they're doing the royal amplified on they just may call it something different they may give it a little bit different decor but they can't argue the success that it has and what it's bringing to you know just basically drinking on the pool deck so i think what you have to do is just look up ship by ship and see what that pool deck bar is that multi-level pool deck bar because i'm sure they're going to put something up there but yes the navigator of the seas is the place you're going to want to find the lime and coconut bar uh what else boleros boleros i know is on the oasis class ships now that's where i need some help from the cones with is it on the other ships let me know is it on uh lower lower um or older ships i do know they feature it on the oasis class of ships and yes there's a lot of energy in that room the drinks are good you could always hear that's the thing about the latin places on these cruise ships they're always going strong deep into the night it's just you know i just don't know the music don't know the words can't sing along feel left out a little fun but it does look like it's always a fun time going on in there and uh boleros is no different so i would say definitely you're safe with the boleros on the oasis class ships cones let me know tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or drop a line in the cruises ultra lounge on facebook and let us know if uh, boleros is on other i mean there's definitely latin options but i'm not sure if um i'm not sure if it's specifically boleros all right here we go Ploofy in upstate New York here just got done listening to your 100th episode with you and Beatrix. You both did a great job. You mentioned that you have always wanted to go to Nashville. Well, you said that you were hooked on cruising as soon as you got on that first ship. Well, knowing your love for country music and the bar scene, you'll be hooked on Nashville as soon as you get to Music Row. Incredible town. We go somewhat regularly, and it's a blast. It's my second favorite city. If Nashville gets a casino, it'll go right to number one. So I'm guessing Vegas is the number one, Ploofy. You need to get there. So as you know by my past emails, the wife and I love our cocktails. We'll go to a bar for drinks before we need to go to another bar to meet friends for drinks. I thought I was the champ. Then I listened to an older podcast, and you read an email from Sid. Sid, uh, this guy had me cracking up, telling the story of him getting the drink package and still sneaking bottles of booze onto the ship because he knows he's going to find 15. I was laughing so hard, I would love to jazz it up with this guy anyway you were talking about getting the website up and going and it seems a bit of a slow process because of funding my question to you is have you ever approached anyone about an investor or a silent partner keep up the good work ploofy in upstate new york ploofy all right you covered a lot there so Thanks for listening to the 100th episode and all the episodes that you do here. As far as Nashville goes, that right there, we are talking about doing a Nashville 
trip, an always-to-be-booked land-based Nashville trip in in uh, March, I think. We put a poll out there. It seemed spring, March or April, uh, springtime 2020 would be the best time. So I think we're going to do that. That's that's a no-brainer, right? Very, very simple. Get a bunch of hotel rooms, and we uh, hit the scene. I do have connections in Nashville, and that's kind of what really put it over the top for me because I don't know why it took me so long to remember that. The place I just left in New York has a location in Nashville, and uh, that's the company I've been working for for 15, 16 years now, and uh, there would be no issues with me grabbing the, uh, getting behind the DJ booth and throwing one hell of an always-to-be-booked party. And then I have one of the guys in Orlando who used to DJ for us at Cowgirls. He is in Nashville now, and this guy's an absolute madman, so I'm sure he's half running the city by now. So we'll have some good connections up there, and we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a blast. And if you guys, uh, you know, we talk about the group cruise in January, we'll follow that up with the group trip to Nashville, not too far away from that. Yeah, Sid's the man. Sid definitely knows his way to 15. He's got the express lane to 15. Uh, you know, he's on the autobahn to 15, and then he's gonna have to dip into that reserve stock before it's over and then uh we're talking about the website getting that up and running so it is up and running now so that's good as far as funding goes i just yeah i didn't have the money to necessarily have somebody pay thousands of dollars to design the website and yes everybody's telling me about the wix about the wordpress and everybody has their favorite one of those i'm just not in love with those i don't like the functionality for them i'm not a expert in the field the what i'm going through is a is a website that is specific to travel agents it might be a little bit more money but i will get the search engine that is automatic with it and i do like the functionality a little bit of that particular site i will say the uh the customer service is not great the support is not great you always feel like you're bothering them whenever you have a question i mean i might have some stupid questions but what do you want you know this is kind of what we do here be uh be a little bit more helpful will you agent studio please thank you ploofy Always, always, thank you so much for the email. We really, really appreciate it. All right, the next one is from Ben. Hi, Tommy. As I said on the Patreon, I am sorry. I lost a little faith in you and really didn't think you wanted this, and I got tired of waiting around for a podcast. But no worries. I'm back and will support you however I can. I believe I was one of your first 10 Patreons, if not first 15 for sure. I noticed you a lot more enthusiastic about Always Be Booked, and although I never stopped listening, it's time to fully support you again however I can. Anyways, it's nice to have you back down south and hope you get that meet and greet going soon. We would love to say hi in person. Uh, You're right about Beatrix. She's a good compliment to the show. It would be a nice duo to listen to and probably, uh, probably favor the show as statistically duos are better than single hosts. Uh, I agree with that. So anyway, I'm leaving this weekend on the seaside. I'll be doing the Yacht Club experience. I went a bit overboard and figured I'd play the role all the way in order to stretch limo. That is legendary. You got the Yacht Club experience on MSC, and you got a stretch limo to take you to to the cruise. That's legitimate stuff that's that goes that that's right up there with marty tailgating his cruise type level uh what the hell you only live once so i'll be riding and riding and arriving in style with that being said i can't take the cheapskate out of me and bought my excursions for the first time outside the cruise line a little nervous about that but shore excursions group assures me i'll make it back to the ship on time yes you won't have any problems uh can't wait to experience what this yacht club thing is all about already feels weird when i ask what my 
pillow preference was. Yes, you read right, pillow preference. I did see that in a cruise companion I did for AJ. I saw that you can decide what type of pillow you want amongst a bunch of other things and opportunities. Did you also know that you can uh, pay extra to be able to shop in places that are closed while you're there, in locations? You could also pay more to have jewelry brought to you to inspect to see if you want to buy you can pay a little bit and they'll bring jewelry to your room and you could decide if you want to buy it from the comfort of your bed by the way youtube i told you that's going to be the way to go i knew you'd come around speaking of i'll be taking my camera and filming from the pickup the check-in process getting walked to your cabin by a butler the food excursions arrival back to the port and everything else that happens in between any suggestions or requests, please tell me or ask. I told you before I'd help you if I can. I'll be sure to document the aft pool in detail just for you and maybe your new co-host, Beatrix. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get lucky on that, Ben. Uh, don't hesitate to contact me if you think about something you need um, or a particular shot you like. And uh, he leaves his phone number. I never, never, never respond. I never Never respond to numbers I don't know. So leave me a voice message or text, and I'll call back right away. Thanks again, Ben, back again. Ben, it's so good to have you back. And when you say that, what you said earlier in the in the, in the the email, when you said, I stepped away from Patreon for a while because I didn't think you wanted it, that's so fair. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate the accountability that you're holding me to. I totally appreciate that. That's that's the real. That's if, if I'm going to be real about this and this is going to happen, I'm going to need people to kind of you know, like I said, hold me accountable. And uh, so far, so good. And hopefully, it's going to go to great places. Only up from here. Hi, Tommy. Read first, then decide if you want to share parts on your show using first name, please. Well, I didn't read this yet, but I'm going to read it on the show. And I'm only going to use your first name. Don't worry. Let's look see who this is. This is Tracy. What's up, Tracy? All right. Uh, I found your podcast a year ago before going on my first cruise. I love the title since I always say you need to have something booked at all times. Love unique and re- your ni- unique and realistic style um, view of the cruise world. You always make me laugh, especially when you get off topic a bit. Well, then, yeah, you love this show because <laughs> we, we, we have no strangers to getting off topic. I am still new to cruising. Only two under my belt with Carnival and Norwegian so far, but two more are booked for April. I wanted to reach out to you and let you know that let you know what you say on your show does reach people. I made the decision last fall to become a vacation consultant after listening to your coverage of the ship inspection on Carnival Conquest. I was thinking about doing it anyway after my Norwegian epic trip to the Mediterranean, but your show decided it for me. This is a part-time business for me, but life-changing. I love helping others find the right uh, trip and saving them money too. The extra discounts don't hurt either. I've done four inspections since then myself. It's a great way to learn more about the ships, but hard to leave. I definitely relate to your struggle to find the balance between going to work to pay the bills and doing travel-related work, which is our love. Maybe someday I could do this full-time, but right now I need to work for the... steady paycheck and vacay time to go on more cruises late nights falling asleep at my laptop is normal for me too i haven't dropped it yet though lol well i have (laughs) as you know uh as a side note i'm wondering if you're still getting requests for the other trip uh for other trips and cruises 
uh, not within the big three. I am happy to help you find river and specialty cruise pricing for those you're not comfortable with quoting. All-inclusive resorts and amusement parks trips are also ones I can book. Maybe if we can work out a referral or split so we can both have benefit a benefit and there is no need for you to turn away business and leads from any cones. I am a certified cruise counselor with CLIA and have completed many other industry training programs, including Disney's. I also signed up with a host for now to learn what I can and ho- learn what I can and hope to do bookings on my own eventually. Not looking for a plug from you, just trying to think outside the box and help both of us. If you could follow my Instagram and Facebook pages, I would be grateful. Keep doing what you do. I can't do this group cruise with you, but we'll keep listening for others in the future. Uh, and that is Tracy. She says, boat drinks. Tracy, yeah, I'm, I'm down with definitely uh, partnering up. I definitely don't get referrals or, I'm sorry, I don't get questions or people seem to know not to ask me about anything besides the big three. So I'm definitely not finding that I'm in a position where I'm turning away uh, potential clientele based on them asking me to do an a, uh, a Zuma or whatever it is, uh, any river cruising or anything like that, or Disney or anything like that. But if they do, I will most certainly reach out to you. And I appreciate you thinking of me, Tracy. And I will definitely check out your Instagram and things like that. All right, moving along. My name is Jason, and also Tracy. By the way, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you, I had some sort of a, I guess, impact on you and my uh, visit on the conquest had some sort of an impact on you. Uh, trying to go into your travel agency dream, and like you, we're in the same boat. I 100% am looking forward to the day where you know we can make a sustainable living on this, and I wish you the absolute best of luck. All right, moving on. My name is Jason. We live in Ontario, Canada. I have listened to your podcast for probably two years now. As you have said before, you are a bit of acquired taste, but now yours is one of the podcasts I look forward to the most each week. I am so glad you have been able to get back to a weekly schedule and appreciate all the effort it takes to make it happen. Wow, that's a very nice paragraph right there. I appreciate that, Jason. We booked our first cruise in February 2016, even though it didn't sail till February 2018. My wife and I have four kids, and we needed that much time to make it work financially. We went on the Carnival Breeze out of Galveston. We drove from Ontario, Canada to Galveston. Wow. Again, with four kids, flying is just too costly. Driving, including gas, hotels, and food, was about half the cost of flying. It took 24 hours to get there, but it was so fun. The drive home was not quite as fun, but again, wasn't so bad. After this first cruise, we were hooked and booked on our second cruise not too long after getting home. This time, we booked an eight-day on the Carnival Horizon, leaving from Miami. We took this cruise just this past February, and since the drive to Galveston went so well, we decided to drive to Miami. Miami is about the same distance as Galveston for us, and again, it went well. Before leaving for the cruise, we had had, uh, almost... Before... Leaving for this cruise, we had family almost convinced to come. They said if we liked this cruise, they would book one with us. So, of course, we loved our Horizon cruise, and within a week of getting home, we booked for January 2020 on the Carnival Magic. And this time, we will be going with another family, so we are pretty excited. I am excited for the Magic as well. Out of the Horizon and the Breeze, I think I like the Breeze better. I was going to ask you that. I'm glad you concluded that. 
as I'm reading this, I'm, I was thinking at the end of that I was going to ask what you liked better because I'm going to add you to the list of people that seem to like the Dream class better than the Vista class. The Horizon was too crowded for me. We're le- well, it wasn't. That was that was the problem for me. It wasn't crowded enough. <laughs> We're leaving from Port Fort Lauderdale this time, and of course we will be driving. As of writing this email, we are 175 days till we sail. Can't wait. That is my cruise story for now, and hopefully one day I have as many cruises under my belt as you. Keep up the good work, Tommy. Jason, I did proofread, so hopefully it isn't too bad. Um, did you look at that email, Jason? <laughs> First of all, you're right. I did proofread, so hopefully it isn't too bad. And you spelled two T-O. And <laughs> I'm nitpicking now. Uh only because I'm just looking at this and that, that one part where you said the family part, um, convincing family to go. I think you met some another family, but it's fine. We're nitpicking. I'm just kidding. I appreciate you proofreading. I definitely got through it, and I definitely am excited for your cruise journey. And then the takeaway I have from that email is definitely if you want to save some money, drive to the port. Another takeaway is the Dream Class is superior to the Vista Class in certain ways. Depends on what you're looking for in a cruise. I have a feeling based on the data and the research I've done along with the cruising IQ that I apply to that data that I would also be more of a fan of the Dream Class than I would be the Vista Class. And uh, we will see if that happens any day, uh, someday. And yes, Jason, I'm sure one day you will. Uh, continue your cruise journey and have as many cruises as I have under my belt. All right, moving on. Tommy, there was a question on your last podcast about bringing wine onto the initial port. Last fall when cruising on the Pacific Princess in Italy, we brought one bottle of wine per person on board in each port. Since we had nine ports in 11 days, that's a lot of wine. I'm not sure if the cruise ship folks simply were ignoring the rules or if things are different in the Mediterranean, but we had plenty of wine on that cruise. I saw others bringing wine wine and local beers from the ports each day, but I'm not aware if anyone tried to bring liquor. P.S. You always say that you are not ready to cruise where there are no palm trees. There are plenty of palm trees in the med, plus some beautiful water as well. Regards, Richard. Okay, Richard, so that might be a correction. And I appreciate that. If you are somebody, maybe weigh in on that. Is it fine in the Mediterranean to just bring wine on board and consume it while you're on board? I didn't know that. It might be different from that region, but I just know that it wouldn't make sense to me that it would be because I'm sure that there's, you're selling wine. You're a cruise line. You're selling wine on board. Why would you want people to get a 12 14 16 even $30 bottle of wine and drink it on the arm while they're on the cruise? Uh, maybe that was just a let's look away type of thing, or maybe that's, uh, I don't know what that is. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. The subject, Mediterranean wine. Can you drink it on the ship if you buy it in port? All right. Thank you, Richard, for that email. Appreciate it very much. Cones, thanks again so much for all your emails, and thank you for listening as well. Again, the emails are lifeblood of the show. I would love to extend the email portion of the show and make it more of a back and forth, make you guys more of a part of the show, but uh, need you for that. Need your help for that. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You guys have been doing great with that. Just please 
keep them coming. Really, really excited. Tomorrow, it is off to Port Canaveral, where we're going to head on to the Carnival Elation. And then the following day, we will hit up the Carnival Liberty. Yes, I will be on Instagram. Yes, I will be on Facebook putting live pictures up. Maybe we'll do a live from there tomorrow. We'll see. Oh, man. It's just such a tease. Anytime you get on a cruise ship and have to get off by 3 o'clock, it's rough. But don't think I'm getting off that ship without a couple of guys' burgers and a couple of burritos from Blue Iguana Cantina. Uh, They tell you you got to do a... um, business casual dress i will comply with that but uh listen you're on a cruise aside from alcohol you're basically on a cruise and you have access to all the things that the regular guests are offered on that ship so you may get a picture of me sliding down in a pair of khakis and a button down on the uh, one of the water slides who knows i'll check out the aft i'll get as much footage as i can for you guys and I'm very, very excited to do that. Let's not go the whole through the whole rigmarole on the back end of this one. I won't uh, shout out all the platforms, but I'll just say these two things. Please share this podcast or share this uh, episode or just podcast in general with somebody else who likes cruising. And the big one, can we make the focal point? Uh, let's drive that YouTube subscribership up. If we can get somebody to, or most of you, if anybody wants to uh, subscribe on YouTube, that would be very, very helpful. If you can convince any of your friends to just hit that subscribe button, it's a huge help uh, on YouTube and get us uh, closer to that $1,000. Uh, $1, <laughs> We're a long way from $1,000 on anything, but uh, the 1,000 subscriber mark, because that is the threshold to be able to, I guess, be one of the partners or contributing, uh, you know, to be able to receive any sort of amount of money from YouTube, you have to be at that thousand subscriber level. As we come to a clunky end to this podcast, appreciate you guys once again. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away. I love your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Jimmy. Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away 
to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from